New Year's Eve, 1989, at the Brandenburg Gate in Germany, David Hasselhoff sings a song called Looking for Freedom. The song was from 1978, which seemed like a long, long time ago. Remember Jimmy Carter and that Malay stuff from episode one? Well, now we're on the verge of the 1990s and the lifeguard from Baywatch, that's a new series on NBC that fall, the lifeguard singing about freedom at the Berlin Wall. What is even going on here? I think if you're watching this back home at the Politburo, you have to ask yourself the same thing. Well, I'll tell you. Ronald Reagan's cowboy diplomacy won the Cold War. You win, you get to celebrate the Cold War by sending David Hasselhoff to sing a song about freedom in front of the torn down Berlin Wall. You not only win, you get to show off doing it. There's a funny anecdote in The Hollywood Reporter told by Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff says, One time I was in a sauna in Sweden. Two guys were in there with me. We're Germans. I'm from East Berlin and he's from West Berlin. You are a legend in our country. We had nothing and this man, an American who drove a talking car and sang about freedom, became our hero. Let me catch up the younger listeners on this East Germany thing I mentioned. So at the end of World War II, Germany was divided into four zones. The parts occupied by France, Britain, and the United States joined together and became West Germany. The Soviets kept their hand in their zone and formed East Germany. In the same way, Berlin was divided. Now in August of 61, the Soviets put up a wall in Berlin, dividing the city in two. We'll cover that when we get to cowboy diplomacy, Kennedy. Don't worry about that for now. Fast forward to the 1980s, and the wall is the symbol of what divides the East and the West. There are two Germanys, two Berlins, and this big wall in the middle. Everything to the West is Freedom Town. Everything to the East is the Big Bad. I'm really simplifying things. I don't need history professors emailing me about how West Berlin was in East Germany. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like I said, we'll get to that. All Gen Z needs to know today is there was a wall and Reagan didn't like it. June 12th, 1987. Reagan's in front of the Brandenburg Gate. The choice of sight? It's no accident. Kennedy had given a speech there. So had Carter. Thank you very much. 24 years ago, President John F. Kennedy visited Berlin. And speaking to the people of this city and the world at the City Hall, well, since then, two other presidents have come, each in his turn to Berlin. We come to Berlin, we American presidents, because it's our duty to speak in this place of freedom. So there's Ron, he gave the speech, and with that, the Cold War was won. The Soviets gave up, they took their ball and went home, the wall came down, America won the Cold War, thanks to Reagan and Rocky Balboa. Balboa was America's boxing champion. He claimed to be 5'11", but he was definitely shorter than that. Balboa was the embodiment of the idea that anybody could do it if only given a chance. Balboa got that chance a decade earlier, given to him by then-champion Apollo Creed, it's a long story, but Creed had been known for his trademark red, white, and blue boxing trunks, which he had actually given to Balboa. Well, not the actual trunks, but the style, I think, I hope. And Balboa wore those when he became champion. Red, white, and blue, America, baby. So in 1985, the Soviets sent over their boxing champion, this guy Ivan Drago. Drago claimed to be 6'5", but I'm telling you, he was way bigger than that. So they brought Drago to the States to show off how much better Soviet athletes were than the Americans. Creed's bored, and he decides he'll fight this Drago in an exhibition fight in Las Vegas. Right? So picture this. Boxing match in Las Vegas. As Americans, we pulled out all the stops. We put on a spectacle of capitalism. And for the entertainment, James Brown singing while surrounded by Vegas showgirls. It does not get better than that. Then on to the fight. And in the second round, Apollo Creed is knocked out and dies in the ring. The Russians being the bad guys they are, they don't even react. Rocky Balboa was there that day. He was acting as Creed's trainer. He gets wrecked by guilt, and he decides to avenge his friend. He challenges Drago to a fight. Drago agrees. That fight will happen in Russia on Christmas Day. 
So here's the fight. Rocky's taking a pounding for 12 rounds, but he's not going down. This rattles Drago, and here comes Rocky. Throws punch after punch and knocks Drago down and wins the fight. Soviets are shocked. How could this happen? But they're also impressed. They're chanting, Rocky, Rocky. So Rocky gives a speech to the crowd. He says a fight between he and Drago is much better than having a fight between the two nations. I mean, think about if the U.S. and the USSR got into a fight. How many people might die, right? Rocky no longer hates the Russians. So now the leader of the Soviets stands up. What's he going to do? He begins applauding. And so does the audience. Rocky's a hero. The Russians have seen the lights. The two nations have become friends. The Cold War is over right there. Christmas Day, 1985. Oh, wait. That was Rocky IV. The Cold War did not end that day. It ended at the Berlin Wall because of Reagan. Or so another story goes. So back to the speech. In the days leading up to the speech, Reagan's team realized the speech was going to be heard in East Germany, and radio working the way radio does might be heard a lot further east. Our gathering today is being broadcast throughout Western Europe and North America. I understand that it is being seen and heard as well in the East. To those listening throughout Eastern Europe, I extend my warmest greetings and the goodwill of the American people. To those listening in East Berlin, a special word. Although I cannot be with you, I address my remarks to you just as surely as to those standing here before me. For I join you as I join your fellow countrymen in the West in this firm, this unalterable belief, Es gibt nur ein Berlin. And if you don't speak German, there is only one Berlin. In one version of the speech, Reagan would have delivered the tear down this wall line in German. Can you imagine that? Well, whether in German or English, we're told that the speechwriters kept trying to take the wall line out, and Reagan insisted that they keep it in. That's part of the story I do believe. Tear down this wall is a great line, but if you go back to the actual 80s, it's not the big movie moment that we all remember. Some thought the wall line to be a stunt. The way our fuzzy brains remember it, Reagan won the Cold War that day. History gets written by the victors. If the wall had not come down in 1989, would you even remember the speech? Do you remember Reagan's speech in 1986 when he said, I would like to see the wall come down today and I call upon those responsible to dismantle it? I don't. That was around in 1986. I just found out about that speech today. Or what about the 100,000 people that marched in Berlin a month before? Do you remember that? What about the 500,000 who demonstrated on Alexander Plots on November 4th of that year? Do you remember that? And let's not forget all the pesky details. Like in 1989, you know what the president's last name was? It was Bush, Bush Sr. Or that the Soviet Union didn't dissolve until December 26th of 91. It's not like we were all home watching TV. This was not OJ driving down the freeway. This was not a big speech. It did not get much media coverage at the time. Years later, Gorbachev spoke about it. He said, don't be surprised, but we really were not impressed. We knew that Mr. Reagan's original profession was actor. But that's not the story we tell here in the land of the free. Reagan gave a great speech, threw a few punches to the Soviets' heads and got the KO. I'm pretty sure I saw Gorbachev give Reagan a standing ovation after that speech, and then the Russian people chanted Rocky, Rocky, or something like that. I'd never let the facts get in the way of a good story, especially if you host a podcast. Take that, Drago. On November 9th, 1989, the spokesperson for East Berlin's Communist Party announced that at midnight, the gate would be open. 
Two million people crossed the barrier that weekend. Thirty years later, Drago's son would fight the protege of Rocky Balboa. You'll never guess who won. Our country's days of apologizing are over. America is standing tall again. And don't let anyone tell you we're any less dedicated to peace because we want a strong America. Music on this podcast includes Soviet March by Shane Ivers, available under Creative Commons Attribution at SilvermanSound.com. This theme under me right now is called Apple for the Preacher, also by Shane Ivers, also at SilvermanSound.com under that same Creative Commons Attribution. Research credits to the Reagan Library and the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library. Cowboy Diplomacy is a production of The Shark Deck. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows, man. And my friends, I said this the other day, and it's worth keeping on saying. You ain't seen nothing yet. Well, uh, well, uh, (laughs) all right. 